welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Would you declare out loud, today my heart is open. My ears are alert to grow and change and never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you give God a shout of praise, a bit of a cheer, take your seats. Now, I, um, I'm not going to sing, but I want to. But I have a heart, I care for you, and your ears have already taken a bit this morning. And I'm not saying anything. Guys, I love the mix. It was like, wasn't that a good mix today? Like, it was sick. When I was young, my, my dad and mum will remember this. A few others in the house, Shane will remember this and Robin. We sung a song in church. And if you had the right drummer, the right cowboy hat, which I've got now, thank goodness, it could have a country and western feel about it. And we did this in church. Country in church. Man, haven't we had revival since then? But it would be a good church in Woodford, Kilcoy. It would be great. And we're, we're almost there. Anyway, the words of the song were, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things have passed away. Uh, you can feel the beat, eh? And I've been born again, more than a conqueror, that's who I am. Come on, sing it with me. I'm a new creator. Come on, everyone. I'm a brand new man. It's awesome. More people than I thought knew that. That's sad. Sad Christianity. But what a great song. I'm a new creation and I'm a brand new person. Okay, for the, for the women in the house. All things have passed away and I am born again. More than a conqueror, that's who you are. I'm a new creation and I'm a brand new man. You know, in giving our lives to Jesus, all things are passed away. And we are born again. In this place, I want you to know today that you are born again because of what Jesus has done for you. You know what that means? Is what you were born into no longer has power over your world because you've been born again because of what Jesus has done. The theme that we're in as a church right now is called the ripple effect. And it's about every decision in our lives matters. And you know what I've, I've noticed in life is there is a possibility, and I think uh, John spoke about this a few weeks ago, that we can change the wave of your life. You can change the current. You can reset the wave of your life. Have you ever seen in the ocean when the, the temperatures and the whatever is different? I don't really know what I'm talking about, but... The, the waves come from two different directions and they meet in the middle. 
you have the opportunity in your life to change the wave that has happened to you and perhaps you're living in right now. You can start a new wave, a new tsunami that will come from your life over the generations to come from you and your family. Young people today, let me tell you, you have the opportunity to set up your future by a few decisions that you can make here in this place today. And so today I've called this message, Start Something New. Start Something New. There's a story in the Bible of David and Bathsheba. And David was the king of Israel. And Israel was a season where all the kings and the, the countries would come together and have war. It's just what they did back then. And it was that time of year, and normally David, when you read the Bible, David was anointed by God for war. Isn't that trippy? He was anointed. Every time he went to battle, God won the battle for him on his behalf. Now, that's key right there. Although you sometimes are anointed for something, never forget it's God that gives you that anointing. And when you forget who God is, you'll see your anointing or your battle be lost. And so David, at this time, um, he would normally go to war, but he sent Israel without him. And they were fighting uh, Ammon, okay, which is a a, a city. And Uriah, the husband of uh, Bathsheba, was still home. And David woke up one morning when he should have been at war. Never find yourself in the place you shouldn't be. Let me say that again. Never find yourself where you shouldn't be. There is always trouble in the darkness right there. And we need light like we sung today in that second last song to shine in the darkness. And we do that by being where we're meant to be when we're meant to be there. So David was in bed when his people were at war. He woke up. It was a great morning. Sun was shining. It was a beautiful day like today. It was just a bit misty out there. And he walked outside and yawned and He looked out and he saw this most beautiful woman and he was weak at the knees. Bathsheba, her name was. So he ordered for her to come into his palace. Long story short, he had an affair and she fell pregnant. And so he called um, the head of his army that was out to war to come back and said, "Would uh, uh, would you take Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, out to battle, put him on the front line where the battle is most intense. And Uriah died that day. See, David was trying to cover his tracks. He was trying to cover his sin. But God saw, and he sent a prophet by the name of Nathan. And this prophet came to David and Uh, David thought it was just a visit and the prophet started to tell David a story and asked David his opinion. And David said, oh, that man needs some serious judgment. You know, I would kill a man like that. And Uriah, uh, Nathan the prophet said, well, that's you, David. That's what you've done. And David had this realisation and we pick up the story in 2 Samuel 12, 13 to 15. So David said to Nathan... I have sinned against the Lord, repentance. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin, forgiveness. And you shall not die, David. Verse 14, 
However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also who is born to you shall surely die. Now Nathan departed to his house and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David. A few verses later, that child died. See, the ripple effects of David's sin with Uriah's wife went to the next generation. Now, for sure, that would have hurt David as well. But the next generation paid. I wonder what that child, who that child would have grown up to become as a son of David and a mighty, mighty man. His dad was the the king of all of Israel, anointed. The Bible says that God favoured David. And let me tell you this here today. God favoured David because of David's heart here. See, as soon as David, someone brought this attention to David, straight away he fell in repentance. It doesn't say that David had a massive story or explained the situation or, or just said, yeah, I was real. Straight away, David acknowledged and went to repentance. See, God loves that heart. See, the thing I've learned about God is he never expects me to be perfect, but he wants to see that I have a heart after him. Would I come into repentance when I acknowledge or uh, am showing that I've done the wrong thing? Would you do that today? Today we're putting a light on some areas in your world and the response, the correct response is repentance. That's the response that's required of us for God to come down and heal you and bring restoration into your life. This story happened many, many times in the Bible. It's happening all across the planet here today. A generation paying for the sins of their parents and a generation living in a way, passing on their sins to their children and the next generation. But I reckon we could put a stop to this today. What do you think? You can put a stop to this in your world. There's a saying, what one generation accepts, the next generation embraces. What one, don't we see the fruits of this today? You know, I, I ran work for the doll for many years in this church and and we are third and fourth generation work for the doll in this community right now. Because mum's mum or dad's dad accepted that this is what they, where they have to go. Then the next generation said, well, mum and dad, and they're fine and they're okay to live in poverty and, and work for the doll and not work for my wage. And then the next generation's just fully embraced it. They don't even have the conversation anymore. And here they are coming into the house of God to do their, to do their work for their work for the doll. What well, one generation accepts, the next embraces. I want my children to embrace some pretty cool stuff from their dad. I don't want my children just being honest, being here with you and me in the future and laying down and asking God for repentance for the sins of their father. We can put a stop to this today. We all have the opportunity to do this, to have a stop to this because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. By forgiving our sins, washing us clean and giving us the spirit of God that dwells in us. 
We have the power given by Almighty God to see this broken, to break every curse into every stronghold that has come down from our parents, our relatives, and generations before you. And to start something new for our children and the generations to come. Do you receive that this morning? All of us can start a new legacy, one of strong identity, knowing who it is that we are, one of forgiveness, setting each other free through forgiveness, one of faith and one of repentance. You may struggle in areas now, but through repentance, surrender, and picking up your cross, you can walk in what it is to be a new creation and a brand new man here this morning. Now, here is why today's message is so important. Because what we accept and what we deny in our lives influences everyone around us and either curses or sets our children up in their life and in their destiny. Now, none of us intentionally do, does that, right? None of us intentionally curses people. But let me tell you, if you're struggling with alcoholism, with drinking too much, the next generation, your children, are going to have to deal with it or accept it. Either walk in a curse or walk in a blessing. But you, through what God, what Jesus did on the cross, the Holy Spirit being in your lives, being a new creation and being a brand new person here today, you have the authority, the will and the power to break it here today so that your children do not have to deal with that. Maybe the abuse of finance is the thing that you need to lay at the cross today. Maybe your parents were like that and you've just walked in it, you've just grown up in it but it's not putting finances in the right place. Maybe you're gambling here today. Maybe that can be broken here today for you. Maybe your mouth is just filled with foul language and you know it and you want it to stop, but you've never been able to and you've never known how. Let me tell you, if you haven't felt it already, the power and the anointing of God, the presence of God is in this house today. And I know one thing that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess at the name of Jesus. Is there anyone with me that sung the name of Jesus for a whole three and a half minutes today? So that thing in your life will bow its name. That's simple. You have the power today. You just need to bring it into repentance. Today, things in your life can stop. The things you're listening to, the things you're watching. You know, the horror movies that you've allowed into your family into your house. You know they're wrong, but you just say things. You've, you've learned this behavior to surround this, um, this behavior of yours. You've, you've learned how to, to flog it off, and you just say, well, it doesn't affect me. I never have nightmares. It's, it's just like watching anything to me. And, and you've allowed these sayings to come into your world to flog off the truth that it's horror, and it comes from the pit of hell. That's where horror comes from. 
It's not an expression of acting. It's from the pit of hell. It's made and it's been designed from the devil to taint the power of God in your life. How can you speak the words of life when you're filling yourself with the words of death? When you're filling yourself with images of death, when you're filling yourself with sound effects of death and screaming, how can that bring life and liberty through your world? And you've allowed, you've built systems to make you feel okay. But let me tell you today, the systems you've allowed in your life are deception from the enemy. You are a son, you are a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me tell you this, he created the enemy. The enemy has no power in his presence. The enemy bows his knee like you and I bow our knees in the presence of God. Don't think for a moment that he has a trump card. He's got no cards at all. He doesn't even have, the hell doesn't even have a deck of cards. It's all been burnt up in the fire. Like they tremble every day at the presence in the name of our Lord God Almighty. You can break this in your world today. Every addiction will bow its knee. Every dream can bow its knee today. But it requires you and I to partner with God. And we do this by saying, hey, God, I have no strength. I know I'm a son or I'm a daughter. I know I'm anointed. I know I'm called. I know to you I am just righteous. And to you I'm perfect. And sometimes I wonder, God, if you even see these sins I have and these things in my world because you just look at me as the righteousness of Jesus. But that's because of what Jesus has done. And God, I still struggle in my flesh with these things, but I partner with you today. And I declare that you are Lord over my life. And I have nothing without you. But with you, I have everything. I have everything. There's another story in the Bible. And um, it's about blessing to the next generation. This is a good, good part of the message, right? It's Abraham's story. And God was God loved Abraham. Abraham's what we call the, the forefather of our faith. Abraham's kind of like where it started. And, um, and the story is, is that God called Abraham and, and Abraham left his family and left his uncles and his relatives. And, and God called him into a whole new town. It was a massive journey. But Abraham said yes to God. Abraham gave up idols, um, his, his relatives and family. He grew up in a family full of idols. They worshipped everything under the sun. Um, his, I think it's his uncle or his grandfather actually used to carve and make idols for people to worship. Just insane. This is, this is the sins that he was growing up in from the generations before him. But one day he heard the voice of God. And God called him out of that. And he said, I have something special for you. Out of you, I'm going to have generations. And one day they're going to be called Christians and they're going to sit in this building called City Point North and Caboolture. And these people are going to come out from you, Abraham, all over the world. So many of them, there's going to be more than the stars that you could possibly count. It's going to be insane. Generation after generation after generation after generation. Jesus is going to come and then the generations are going to continue and it's just going to go on and on are going to walk in blessing if you say yes to me today, Abraham. And so God called Abraham and the story goes on and 
and it goes into uh, uh, many parts, but he was, he was asked once to sacrifice his son. And he obeyed and he was going to do it. And he was right there at the altar, just about to do it. And God stopped him. Let me tell you something, just right there. God's not a God that would ask you to sacrifice your child, okay? That's pagan gods. That's not the Lord God Almighty. But God, what God was doing that day, he was testing Abraham. He was testing his faith. He was testing, do you believe that I am God over and that anything is impossible with me? That all things are possible, sorry, with me. And so he was testing Abraham that day. And Abraham passed the test. That's good news for you and I, if you didn't know. And I'll pick up the story here in Genesis 22, 18. It says, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. It's the Holy Spirit in the room. It's the aircon going on. Because you have obeyed my voice. When we submit areas of our life to God, God brings a blessing that goes to the next generation. And where there was once a curse, today you can place a blessing in its place. Youth camp was about youth in this generation breaking the curse of sin and death over their lives and over a generation. Starting a legacy of God in their families, God in their schools, God in their future generations. See, you might have thought that you just went to youth camp to find a real living God and to see if he was real and to test him. But the laugh was on God. He gave you his presence. He filled you with his Holy Spirit. He changed your life. He forgave your sins. And in that moment, you might not have realized, youth of this house, but you have started a legacy for Jesus Christ that will go to your children and to your children's children. It will go to your school and it will go into their lives and into their generations. When you graduate, it will then go into your workplaces and your unit. Can you see the ripple effect of the blessing of God. So what does it take to break free and start something new? James 4.7 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will what? He will flee. Does he have a choice? He will flee. Submit to God and resist the devil, and he will what? From who? From you and from me. He will flee from this area. Now, I love this. When I got this revelation, it changed my life. Just because I'm struggling in an area doesn't mean I'm bad or the devil's in me. Man, he has no authority to even get a foothold in my world. But he's there like the woodpecker. You know, remember the woodpecker cartoon when you were a kid on the tree just going and going? I saw a picture of one last week and it's just hanging there and the guy's flicking the body of the woodpecker and it's just limp swinging. It was alive, but its beak was stuck in the tree. So he pulled him out and put him on the ground and then it just gets up. And Anyway, it's just a, it's a good cartoon. 
But that's what the devil's like. He's just limp, just pecking away, trying to get in. And all we have to do is submit to God and resist him. And he's got to go. Submit, come under God. That's what the word submit means. Submit means to bring it under God. Bring it back under his authority. Bring it back under his lordship. See, this is what happens. Is this good? Just a few tips. This is what happens is we find or we realize, we have this little epiphany, I think that's how you say it, of a sin or something in our life that's just been nagging and we finally realize, right? We finally realize we've given in to temptations or, or whatever it is. And so what happens is we then just look at it and we just think, especially men, because men are the fix-its in the house. Like that's our gift from God is we just try and fix everything all the time. It doesn't work in your marriage, but anyway, that's just another tip. <laughs> just give it to God straight away. And so we just find ourselves just trying to fix it. You know, you might tell a friend or, you know, you just fix the bank account or you, you hide it a little bit and we're just trying to fix it, get through it. But the truth is, is with the word of God and with Jesus, what we need to do as soon as we realize, get into a habit of submitting it. And when you submit that thing, it loses power. Now, it might still be there, so then we just got to make a plan to resist it. See that? Submit and resist. You resist by making a plan. There's an action to resisting. You can't resist without an action. You need a plan. You need some safety, some protocols in place. You need the computer to be in the dining room instead of a laptop in your bedroom. You know, you need a plan in place. You need to cut up that credit card like we did 15 years ago. We haven't been operating with a credit card for 15 years. It's possible, church. Like, cut that thing up and or just give it to your spouse and say, you look after that because I'm weak in this area. I'm resisting the temptation. I'm resisting the devil in this. I've submitted it to God. I've brought it into light. Someone knows. Someone has a little thing on my phone so I can't do the right thing and if I ever want to download an app I've got to awkwardly call that guy and say could you take the permissions off so I can download the app what app app is it that you're downloading oh it's the city point north app you know and so they take it down for five minutes and then put it straight back on like put a plan in place in your world maybe it's alcoholism you know just get rid of that stuff I promise you you'll be fine Or do what my parents did, hide it under a shirt or something in the cupboard. It'll be fine. (laughs) I'm just dealing with the sins of the generation before me. (laughs) Mum's at the back. She's got our child, though. We've got to be careful here. You'll be okay. You know, no longer you go out and buy the alcohol, ask your wife or your husband to do it. Because I don't think drinking's a sin. Jesus had a great old time when he turned water to wine. (laughs) Drinking's not a sin. Being drunk is. And so the, the, the something that's made and designed to be wonderful in our lives becomes the thing that brings sin and opens this door to the enemy in our lives. So we can put a plan around it to resist that and enjoy what God has given you without abusing what God's given you. 
Who knows, you eat too much salad and you're going to go to hospital. It's not good for you. You can overdose on salad. I was doing good. You can also overdose on water. Yeah. But apparently you can't overdose on vitamin C. I don't know if that's true. I was just told it once. You can. See, you can't. There you go. It just gives you diarrhea. But you'll probably go to the hospital. Can you fix my diarrhea? And I'm pretty sure the first thing that they're going to say is, did you put a plan to resist the enemy? (laughs) Maybe not. Okay, I've digressed it. (laughs) Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he might flee. He will flee, sorry. (laughs) Just changed my translation. (laughs) So first we place, I don't know where we're going right now. First we place that area under God, right? We can do this today. We resist him, put plans in place. We become accountable to someone if that's what we need to do. Man, if it's what you need to do, just do it. I'll tell you a secret. Everyone in this room is dealing with something. And if they look like they're not, okay, they're lying and that's what they're dealing with. But if it's me that says it, okay, it's all rules out, just trust me. I'm okay, all right? I don't need help. Need help more than anyone. <laughs> Romans 12, 21 says this. Do not be overcome by evil. But listen, this is how you fix it, right? Overcome evil with good. Did you know you could do that? You see, evil's been overcoming you. But today we say, no, no. I'm actually going to start to overcome evil. What does that look like? When evil feels overcome. And we do that by doing good. My wife preached an amazing message a few years ago. It's because I remember every message that ever gets preached. (laughs) And she preached about operating in the opposite spirit. See, if evil's been trying to overcome your life, overcome it. And say, oh, hang on, there's an issue here. I'm going to start to overcome it by doing good. What's doing good? That's a good question. First of all, you can pray. I think prayer's pretty good. Hey, TJ and Soraya. Prayer's a pretty good thing to do. What about um, acts of kindness? Here's a good act, act of kindness. Maybe don't do this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's funny. Instead of buying yourself a beer, buy someone else a beer. That's a, it's a good act of kindness. Yeah, I'll just leave that there. I just lost this morning. <laughs> so, the first step is submission and repentance. Sometimes it isn't submitting and repenting for what you have done, but what has been done before you and allowed by those before you. Sometimes it's not so that they've done it intentionally but they've allowed it into their worlds and we've allowed it into our worlds. But we can put a stop to that today. Submitting these areas to God and giving him permission to come in and break the chains. Let me tell you, only God can break those chains. We put plans in place, but that's not breaking the chains. 
That's us coming in agreement with God and saying, hey, God, I'll do what I can do. And in faith, I know that you will do what you can do. So he will break the chains. But in our human flesh, we put plans in place. We submit it to God and we resist. I want to read you a testimony from youth camp. I felt the Holy Spirit in ways I have never felt before. I gave my life to Jesus and I felt so much peace. I went into the next day of camp with zero expectations, but I experienced the Holy Spirit burning in my heart as I was prayed for and I felt I fell to the ground. I was completely paralyzed. I couldn't lift my head and I had to be helped up and supported as I walked. Even though I couldn't move or talk, I felt so much peace. When I was on the ground, I saw images in the lights, like when you squint at lights at night. I saw crowds worshipping and silencing the enemy. See, your worship this morning, you thought it was about you feeling good. But you know what you were doing is you were resisting. You were pushing back the enemy over this community, over this church. See, when we worship, oh my goodness, this is why when we get to heaven, don't go to heaven expecting quiet worship. You're going to be dramatically disappointed. (laughs) When you go to heaven and it's been accomplished, the enemy has been pushed back and we are all in. You know what Jesus said when he rose from the dead? I was reading this this week, and he, he went to the disciples and he said, rejoice. Rejoice. And I thought about that. I said, who would say rejoice? But what do you say? Like Jesus just rose from the dead. You know, he just fulfilled all the prophecies before him, his own words. And he gets up and he goes, Rejoice. And I read that and I was, man, that is so simple. But man, that is powerful. To have this joy that this girl, young, young woman, got at camp. The next day I went up to get prayed for and I fell again. When I was on the floor, I felt this overwhelming urge to get up again because God wasn't done with me. Church, God's not done with you yet. I got up and cried, then shook uncontrollably, and my cry didn't feel like it was mine. It was the cry of God, if you're here today, it was the cry of God for this nation. I was, I was prayed for by a few people until I was surrounded by people praying for me. Then my ankles began hurting, and I knew I had to give in again. I fell to the floor and kept weeping. Since I have been home, here it is. Since I've been home, thoughts that used to rule my mind have been silenced. I looked in the mirror and I didn't hate what I saw for the first time in years. I feel a whole new sense of peace and love. Church, can I tell you, that's revival. 
right there. God changing our lives. He wants to set you free today from this ridiculous stuff we deal with on planet Earth right now. He wants to bring heaven down to earth and say enough is enough. Christian of mine, son of mine, daughter of mine, youth of mine, young adults of mine, I empower you with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit today to break these chains free off your life and walk in freedom. This girl surrendered and she allowed God to start something new in her life. She is a new creation. All things have passed away. She is born again. She is more than a conqueror. She's a mighty woman of God. A surrendered life. For some today is time of repentance. Laying before God areas in your life where only He can break those chains and set you free. Would we stand to our feet this morning and worship team, you can come up. Can we sing that Jesus song? I think we've changed the song on you three times this morning. Jesus song, let's do that. I speak Jesus, that one. And that's what we're going to do today. Church, we're going to speak Jesus over these areas of our life. This is what we're going to do. Is The altar call is open this morning. I'm going to ask the pastors and leaders, the pastors like you and me, and the leaders of this church to come and pray with you. We're not going to ask you your issues, your problems or anything like that. We're going to stand in agreement that Jesus, we're going to speak Jesus over the situation that you are bringing in uh, before God. We are submitting this area of your life. You're bringing repentance. Some of us are repenting on behalf of our parents. Some of us, I sense this today, we are repenting for what the war did to our grandparents. And the things that you have been dealing with, because it's come down the generations, anger, aggression, the way you dealt with your children, you know it just came down from the generations before you and you thought it was right. You thought just uh, physical, what we now today call physical abuse, but you said, no, no, that's okay, it's biblical. uh, Spare the rod, spoil the child. And so you went, okay, well, it's okay for me to use the rod, actually use a rod, or the back of the hand. And today we call it physical abuse. But back then, you didn't know any different. So I'm not judging But what happened is your parents came from war and had a whole different perspective. They lived in a whole different understanding of things. They had to deal with things they couldn't even deal with. And all that's happened. We lived in a different world back then. So there's no judgment. But the same way, the same behaviour went to the next generation. And maybe you're dealing with it. And you're like, I don't know how else to do this. Well, God can give you a new way today because you're born again and you are a new creation, son and daughter of God.
I don't want to keep naming things because I don't want this to, to get awkward for you. So the team's just going to start worshipping. If you'd like to cement, bring this area under God and bring repentance to that area, why don't you come out? No one's going to ask you about it. Jesus knows. Just bring it before God. Let's sing. Thank you, God.